Welcome to Film Fellowship. This is the podcast that will change your perspective on cinema. We are two filmmakers, Raphael Moran, director and producer, and Thomas Walters, a writer. And in each episode, we will take you on a cinematic adventure. You will hear in each episode everything from interviews with professional filmmakers to our favorite genres and directors, fun facts and film history. To get in touch with us, please go to raphaelmoran.co.uk forward slash contact. Sit back, relax and enjoy this cinematic podcast. Welcome back to the third podcast of this incredible journey Tom and I are on. Thank you so much for listening. Honestly, you know, every little helps. Please tell your friends and family about us because we really, really appreciate you guys listening and sharing this. By the way, this podcast is also, not only is it available on Spotify, and please follow us. If you're not already, thank you very much on Spotify. But it's also available on Apple Podcasts. So please go over there. Uh, hit the like button and please uh, write a fabulous review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. Thank you very much. Right, let's get on to the third podcast, shall we, Tom? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do it. Sound like a... I don't, I don't, <laughs> what, what springs to mind is Power Rangers. Let's, <laughs> let's do this, like a, a kid's TV show. <laughs> um, so right now we're on the table in front of us, we've got some really interesting things, actually. We've got uh, a biography by, well, uh, by yeah, not by anyone. It, <laughs> it's for Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, a retrospective. That's a really good book, actually. Um, then yeah, I'm really a, jealous of you for having that book. Really? Yeah. So. Because I actually went uh, out of my way to try and find a book on him. And if you go into Waterstones and try and find yeah. you know, anything on Spielberg, they tend to be little paperbacks. You know, I was like, I want a big book, you know. I want, want a chunky one. Yeah, I want yeah. something with a lot of, you know, history in there. Um, and like, I want to see stills of Spielberg from, you know, young age and enjoying his craft, you know, and making his films. And this stuff. book might have everything in there. Uh, well, by the looks of things, it does. Yeah. So I'm very jealous. I'm going to steal it. Okay, go for it. Uh, <laughs> I'll notify security before you leave, but that's fine. <laughs> then we've got another book here, uh, Ray Harryhausen, which we discussed in the previous podcast. Yeah. Um, amazing, amazing guy. And then also the book you actually have in front of you, that's quite interesting. It's uh, A to Z of um, different uh, film directors created in a very visual way. Yeah. Lots of nice... Um, Tom Reynolds go through it. <laughs> the first thing I pulled open is Nosferatu uh, by Werner Herzog. And uh, yeah, I watched that film um, uh, with a group of friends. Yeah. And it's actually pretty damn good. Like, uh, is, uh, I forget, the, is it, uh, who's the actor that plays him? Um, uh, is it the, uh, oh yeah, Klaus Kinski, that's it. He, 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 they had a bit of a love-hate relationship. Yeah, uh, Fitzcarraldo. Fitzcarraldo, yeah. yeah. Like, Werner um, Herzog is one of the great directors. He's one of my personal favourites as well. Nosferatu was the first thing I've ever seen by him. Yeah. Um, 
but some of the visuals in it are just, you know, yeah, ever so um, interesting to look at. Um, but yeah, I'd, I've not seen too many films with him in Klaskinski, but that one I will, that one I remember because yeah. we had a good time watching it. It was the first one I saw by him. So. Wow. What, what's interesting is um, uh, uh, Werner Herzog is an extremely good documentary filmmaker. Have you seen ah. his, any of his documentaries? Oh, um, I watched the documentary about uh, his filmmaking. Okay. Um, uh, is it Grizzly Man? Well, uh, Grizzly Man, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's the, doc the, the, the documentary about the guy in Canada who gets eaten by a grizzly bear. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful film. It's pretty savage. It is. So, you, yeah, you saw... That's one of my favourite ones, actually. I cried quite a few times, I think, in that film. I still haven't seen it, but I've just seen, you know, like clips. Basically, he does, well, with a few others as well. Uh, you can go online and there's, uh, was it, uh, they do like online masterclass. That's what I've done. Yeah, the online masterclass. Well, I've, I've signed up for that. Really? Which yeah, one? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've signed up for like the full year. Wow. So, um, and you get uh, Scorsese. Yeah. Which is really good. Ron and Howard. You, uh, I have not looked for Ron Howard. Um, I've looked at some of the Samuel L. Jackson, uh, the actors' yeah, the ones. Act that looks great. Um, uh, There's the writing ones as well. They're, they're, yeah, Aaron Sorkin. Yes. Aaron Sorkin. Uh, Aaron Sorkin. Um, but there's one. R.L. Stein is on there. I remember R.L. Stein from oh. when I was a kid, like Goosebumps. Oh, there. yes. Yeah, the Haunted him. Mask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to Dead House and stuff like <laughs> that. Uh, Go Eat Worms. All okay. That, all that stuff. Sorry, I'm just going to keep... This is good. Throwing out like lots of Goosebumps titles that I was obsessed with. But um, yeah, like the Masterclass, that was great because I found uh, Werner Herzog and one of my friends is, loves, uh, it, well, he introduced me to Werner Herzog. So I was just like, okay, okay, let's look at it from his point of view and see what he, you know, kind of what he's interested in. And um, yeah, and then there's the, the talk that he does about Grizzly Man and, and I was like introduced to that, you know, the interview yeah. that he has, uh, that he does with the wife of the victim. Yes. And um, I was just like, this is very intense. Yeah, that's <laughs> the most intense part, actually. <laughs> What's yeah. interesting, I think, when ma masterclass.com, when that started, when Herzog was, I think, one of the fierce, first people to go on to masterclass.com with uh, along of some other people. And this is a while ago, actually. And I think I, did, I signed up for him, and I did his whole masterclass. I've done it already. Wow! And it's great. And that How have we not? We never spoke about this. Well, I haven't actually. No. <laughs> this is funny. I, yeah, I've, I've done his whole entire masterclass, and it's great. And then I said, "Hey, I want to do some more." So then I got Ron Howard's on directing. Mm. Um, I haven't finished that. That's really good. Um, there's, there's Ron Howard. He did The Grinch. Yeah. The Grinch. Yeah. Yeah. Crikey. Jim Carrey. Yeah. He didn't do The Grinch, did he? Ron Howard. Wow. Yeah, because uh, Ronnie, well, Ronnie, well, first of all, they're known, he's known as Ronnie Howard, but like, yeah. Is it Jim Carrey or Jim Carrey? It's Jim Carrey. No, it's Jim Carrey. Well, the listener now, I'm sure, uh, who do you prefer? Is it Jim Carrey or Jim Carrey? That's, I not, think even, that's not even a question. No, no it's Jim Carrey. It's Jim Carrey, that's disgusting. No, it's Jim Carrey. Let's move on. <laughs> let's call up, let's call up the lawyers and, uh, and change it to Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh dear! You're going to be surprised by that answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people going to come a knocking and say, "Hey, Raf, you got it completely wrong. Tom's right." Yeah, especially about popcorn as well. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. 
So, right, anyway. no, no, popcorn. I still let's not have that discussion. No, 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 no. We're going to refresh the listener's mind, and I'm going to say I hate people eating inside of cinemas. End of. If you eat inside a cinema, you disrespectful person and annoying. And Tom and I are probably never going to see a film together in the cinema. Even though, like, even <laughs> though. In the last month, we have both sat next to each other watching a film together. Yes, but we didn't. It was like it was a film premiere. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was no eating. Well, we you didn't have any food. So no, that's true. If you did, then I would. Then this topic would come up pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Fair play. Um, okay. But hey, you know, so this, this is the third podcast, and I think I, I, what I'd really love to do is kind of talk about who we are to a listener because. The people listening, you know, some of the people listening might know who we are, and um, thank you so much for listening. But people who don't know who we are, I think it'd be quite nice to give a sort, some sort of overview of um, who you are. Who are you, Tom? You're well. We know. We know. I, I'm a filmmaker, uh, and I'm a terrible writer. But you're an okay filmmaker. <laughs> I'm joking. You're a good filmmaker, but your strong point is certainly writing. Um, how did this come about? <clears throat> uh, okay, well, um, uh, when I was younger, um, I, I mean, I, I never thought, you know, no kid walks around going, oh, I really want to write stories or, or, or you know, t tell stories. But you kind of, without realising, you do because you're picking up dolls and you're picking up bears and you're creating worlds in your, in your bedroom, you know, when you're young. And, yeah. Um, I, I hated school when I was a kid. I was like, you know, I just wanted to be anywhere else. I couldn't, school, couldn't stand yeah. it, yeah. And uh, I, but what I did really enjoy was um, uh, the art classes. I enjoyed the, the history classes and I enjoyed the English classes. Um, I guess, you know, because history is a bit like a story. Art is all about expression at the end of the day. You can be whatever you want it to be. So I could, I didn't, you know, it felt like I was being kind of suppressed. <laughs> into into like learning a certain way, you know, or anything like this. It could just you know just open up and express what you want to feel or what you want to say or whatever. And um, in English, I, I I went to a class um, once, you know, and they said, um, uh, right, today we're all gonna write a story, and it can be anything you want it to be, but it has to have you know a certain amount of characters, yada yada yada. And I never thought I'd never thought of sitting down and writing a story but I suddenly all the imagination that I had from being that kid with dolls and little you know toy cars and stuff like that all of that stuff kind of my imagination just got the better of me and I was like so so excited by this thing I remember going home and telling my mum like oh I've been writing this thing and this you know so that's where it started that's where writing stories started and, and I still can't find where that is like that, I've lost that story really yeah, whatever it was I was writing okay I, I remember it was a fantasy and I was really yeah it had a wizard in it but I can't remember anything more than that and uh, I wrote a poem that got published when I was a kid um, it was really awful <laughs> but uh, you know but obviously I enjoyed doing it so yeah. um and then, yeah, uh, when I got to about 15, 16, I was just like so, I'd, I'd absorbed so much cinema. I just, you know, by that point, I, I, I just, you know, I'd fallen in love with the, the films and the TV shows that I'd seen on TV um, that, you know, I was just like, well, I, I would love to tell a story about a character, you know, um, maybe, maybe somebody that I can relate to or, um, 
you know, like a journey that he goes on yeah. or, or she goes on. Um, so I started doing that and uh, with the intention of buying a video camera and, and getting some friends together and making that. And we did tests as well. We actually like tested the camera out and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, but look, people come and go. Like you, you soon know who your friends are. That you know, some people stick around and other people leave. So, so writing has always been there since I was about 15, 16. Wow. And I just kept doing it. And yeah. I'm now 33. So I've been doing it a long time. Um, uh, wrote a lot of great um, outlines, a lot of great uh, scripts. Um, that I'm sort of forever reading, trying to sort of see if I can always hone the craft a bit better and, and improve my writing because that's, you know, what they say, like a piece of art is, is never kind of finished until it's abandoned. Yes, yeah? yeah. So like, uh, for me, it's really hard to abandon it because it's kind of, li I've lived with it. Uh, it's like having a, you know, it's like having a friend. Yeah. You know? And same with films, like you can't quite abandon them because they're, they're like having your friends, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, uh, yeah. So I, I've just been doing it a long time, and and uh, always feel that I can do better than what I've written. <laughs> so I'm really like no, that's always good. <laughs> really you know, perfectionism like overly, will get you somewhere. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I don't know. A lot of people like you're not the first person to say that. I, <clears throat> first person to say that I'm like perfectionist because I don't. You know, I think that's how it's perceived objectively. That you know I'm a perfectionist, but it's it's definitely not what I feel. At all, like it's not, um, it's not my intent. It's it's about um, it's uh, you know about reading something and the experience of reading it. We're talking about we were talking about relationships before. It, it, for me, um, the story has to inspire you. So that's about feeling and yeah. like your relationship, your experience to what it is you're reading. And and if I can't get that feeling that I want or that inspiration, as it were from reading it and, and having the experience I want as I read it, like to almost visualize what the story is, how the film is going, how it's playing out as I read it. If I don't, if I don't nail that, then I have to go back to the, you know, the the blank rooms. page, yeah, <laughs> and, start, and start thinking of another way of, of approaching it. So for me, it's very much about um, intuition and, yeah. Okay, so you, you've clearly written a lot and you've written for some films that have been released and distributed. Um, yeah, I've written for TV shows. That, and TV shows. Uh, yeah. But the, um, you know, it's often difficult to, uh, it's often difficult to get people to make what it is you've written. You know, that's the thing. To keep that vision alive through the process of the, the filmmaking process. Is that what you're talking about, or...? Yeah, I mean, just, just sort of the, like, you know, the initial stages, even. Um, uh, I spent three months writing for, a, a, like, a superhero TV show that I was involved in making. Yeah. And um, I put my heart and soul into this thing, like, you know, just because I just wanted it to continue. We, we stopped, uh, we, we screened it for Warner Brothers. Uh, to see if we could get f uh, financing yeah. to to make it into a proper series, like a Netflix series, you know. And uh, so we did this screening, and that was fun, everything. And then I got itchy feet because I didn't hear anything for a while, and I was like, right, okay, okay, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start writing um, how I feel it should continue. I don't yeah. care about like you know what, what you know whether or not they're gonna greenlight anything or not. I'm just gonna 
keep moving forward because I, I believe in it and I, I want to see the story blossom. I want to see where it leads, you know, yeah. it's exciting. And um, so I, I did this thing, I, I wrote this thing out in about three months, um, like literally, like a monk. I was like a monk, literally every day. Constant. I had my routine, yeah, and wow. and uh, I went to bed like super early so I could start writing super, you know, <laughs> like super early in the morning. So I, so I was very, yeah, I was just so, uh, prepared and, and stuck in a routine with that because I wanted it to be good and I wanted to be in the best uh, sort of, you know, I wanted to have the best health at the time while I was writing it. So, sorry, I'm kind of... No, no it's fine. But yeah, so I wrote that thing out and then I sent it out to the, the director and the uh, the main actor who, who was also uh, co-producing it. And... Uh, I got feedback from one of them. I got feedback from one of them. And it was positive feedback, but it was nothing that led me to believe that they wanted to even sit in a room with me. And I was just like, well, that's, that's, that's where things begin. You know, writing a script, yeah. writing a script is one thing. So writing a script uh, is like, this is what we could do. But, you know, collaboration is collaboration until you sit together with a group of people. You can, you can then take a step back from what you've done and, and you can say, okay, we're going to invite other people into this now. So it's not about what is stuck on the page necessarily. It can be something else. Yeah. But it's got to have something to begin with. It's got to have a foundation, yeah? It's got yeah. to have a starting point. Yeah. So I was, just a, I was just trying to create a starting point for something that could be, uh, like, you know, could be kind of uh, come off that, like project yeah. from that, you know? But um, they didn't see it that way. And I think that's just the case of uh, kind of, I don't know, the, the mindset of some people in this industry. That's just how they work, how they operate. and. You know, it's a shame. But yeah. Well, you, you know, onwards and upwards, you learn from that. And yeah, no, it's great. A great experience to have because I, I look at it now as like, well, I spent three months doing that. Yeah. I look at the script now and I read it and I think, well, actually, it's really fun. But um, I just, I've just had fun writing it. And I just, yeah. you know, trying to better it, better the craft, you know. So, so. for someone out there who's listening. Yeah who is maybe either timid or has written something and is too nervous to either show it to their friends for either, you know, constructive criticism or they want to, or, or, or one of their dreams is to create a, a script for a TV show or, or maybe they have some ideas down. What would your advice be to someone who's starting out as a writer, a wannabe writer? Uh, what would your, you know, your top tip be? Um, say, well, they always say, uh, it's not really my tip, but it's something that you hear frequently, which is write what you know. Um, but I think it's important, um, it's important to just don't, don't listen to other people tell you what you should write or how you should write. Yeah. Um, just, you know, <laughs> Just bleed onto the page, and you know that you know let let it be what it is, uh, and don't. If somebody says, "I liked that part in the story," and this is the reason why, then at least you can learn from that. Um, and also, if they say, "Oh, but I wasn't too sure about that part," and you know, I don't feel like. They're not going to be so. They're not going to be so detailed in their criticism, but they they just be like, oh, I just didn't, you know, didn't really enjoy that part of the story. But as long as you find out like roughly why they didn't like it, um, then 
you know, either either it's like, well, okay, you can say, well, that person, it wasn't it wasn't their cup of tea. They're not the right audience for that type of uh, you know that type of sort of theme or or something. The the subject that you're dealing with, or that type of character. I've written complete assholes in, really? in stories. Yeah, people that I don't like myself. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then I'm like showing it to my family, and I'm thinking, oh my god, like they're gonna they're gonna really judge me for this because this is you know this person's not a good person. Yeah. And um, then I just think, do you know what? I don't actually care. I don't care if 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 somebody looks at that and goes, oh yeah, I didn't like that character because he's you know uh, a womanizer or something. You know, like uh, well, he he he's a womanizer because he is. Yeah. You know, that's the character. Um, you know, I I, I think um, yeah. So you can always if somebody if somebody says they don't like something about what you've wrote, you've wrote, just find out why and just don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of getting feedback from people. Um, but you've got to know, it's like I, I went back, going back to what I said before about my intuition, following yeah. that, you'll know when what you're doing is, is right because it will speak to you. Yeah. So you'll know if, if what you've done is, is what you are enjoying, you should have fun while you're doing it, but also if what you're doing you believe is, is right, then it will speak to you and, and yeah, and it hopefully will speak to other people. But if it doesn't, don't let it, you know get you down or anything, don't let it dishearten you and make you think, oh, I did a bad job, you know, just, uh, yeah, find, <clears throat> you can kind of spend a lot of time doing something, I've done this before, where you spend too long on one project, one story, and um, and you might, you might get a bit stuck because you, you know, you're just thinking, well, okay, there's something I'm not familiar with here in this story, like, uh, you know, maybe the characters, um, uh, a dr you know, like a junkie, like they take heroin or something, and you've got no kind of understanding of what, you know, what it must be like to be a character like that, or to yeah. what, what people go through like that. So, you know, then you have to do a bit of research and put that hat on, and try and think about, yeah, how how you're going to write it and re in a respectful way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was like, that was like the the long-winded answer, but you know, that was. Uh, <laughs> That was good. You sure? Um, yeah. I think you got the point across, and um, uh, you know, you listening now at home or wherever you are, I'm sure you can get you know some snippets, and, and that will help you, where if you yeah. want to come up with that an idea, or if you're an aspiring writer. Yeah, just be, just be you know fearless. That's what it's about. Exactly, and I think you you know, no matter what industry you're in, start with a positive mindset and stick with it. And whatever you're doing generally in life, and now if we specifically talk about writing, you know, everything will turn out for the best. But just, I think, yeah. persistence really, you know. Yeah. And another, another thing I just want to say very quickly, and it will be very quick, is that if you find it difficult to write um, a story with a pen and a piece of paper, um, find, uh, nowadays, people make films on phones. Yeah. yeah, they make movies on phones. Yeah. Find anything that has a camera, even a stills camera, like I did back in the day. Like just, just start writing with a camera. Like write a story with a visual, like they do in, you know, in, like in the silent days, you know. So that's enough about me. Um, could you tell me a little bit about your involvement in the industry as well? What do you, what Which do you, industry are you talking about? Well, not the fashion industry. Oh, no. I love fashion. I, I live in France. That's one of the things that I do like. Accents. 
You're pretty good at an accent, actually. I know. Yeah. We could go on about this accent all the days. Can we not? Can we no. just talk about film in a minute? All right, oh, mate. Yeah. What do you like? No, mate. Um, well, um, where did where did you kind of find your you know your beginnings? Where where what really um, sparked out sparked your curiosity? Excuse me. What is, you know what sparked that curiosity for film, and and why did you want to get involved in it? Film. Uh, well, what's interesting is stories. I've always been fascinated with stories, you know, and um, uh, storytelling and from a young age, I remember reading, you know, Asterix and Obelix and, and Tintin books, you know, fabulous, but I've still got them to these days. I remember know. Asterix and Obelix. Oh, yes. Oh, that's quite funny there. The cat really wants intention now. Bondi. <laughs> that's quite cute. Let's get back to Asterix he, and Obelix Bond. He's okay? my new friend. Yeah. He is, look at it, he literally wants you. Yeah. That's brilliant. No, so, um, love reading these wonderful stories. And if you look at these, um, the, let's pick Tintin for now. You've got a lovely story. Open the book, and each uh, part of the story is, is almost like a storyboard for a movie. Mm. So I remember I used to kind of look at these pages really fast as if it was like some sort of stop motion, you know. <laughs> well, you tested yourself to see how quickly you could turn the page or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, not literally turn the page with my eyes, you know, from one, one like drawing how many, from how the many, other. How many pages can I look at? In a, you know, like, <laughs> Five seconds, you know. Yeah. yeah, but joking aside, those kind of those kind of uh, stories and how they're drawn is basically a film storyboard. Mm. You know, you want to create a visual for a movie. You want to give uh, the creators, your collaborators, a vision, uh, your vision. Then that's what you're drawing. And I've always been fascinated with the idea of creating a story that not only your you know your, your friend or your your parents to know but the whole entire world you know create your <laughs> create your own personal um look and your and your unique point of view in life because everyone has a, a different take like yourself so i guess um the we reason i, I started out you could say it's because tintin tintin asterisk and oblix you know looking at those things and i remember my parents and i used to do puppet shows um, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. it's quite cool. Since I was uh, seven years old, and I remember we went to a good friend. Uh, she, I think she used to live in Nutley. An amazing puppeteer, I believe that's the right word. Hopefully it is. Yeah. Um, and she had uh, marionettes. I think they're the puppets that are on the end of strings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, and I remember. I was like the, Punch oh, and Judy. No, no, Punch and no, Judy was hand puppets. That's hand puppets. Yeah. No, sorry, Karen. No, that's fine. You know, Punch and Judy are the kind of the, the more uh, pompous and in-your-face kind of uh, fairground. Fairground, yeah. Uh, which are nice, you know, a bit repetitive. A bit predictable. A bit very predictable, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But these, these, these were puppet shows kind of more for younger children, kind of fairy tales, you know, Brothers Grimm, yeah. fairy tales, you know. Um, anyway, this is a long time ago, as you can already figure out. Yeah. Well, basically, these really nice uh, fairy tales for children. When I was seven and eight years old, to kind of, uh, I was the assistant to the puppeteer and was kind of learning how to do it. And then uh, my parents and I started our own puppet company and from a young age we used to do kids parties and wow. I used to actually be behind uh, so imagine you've got like a screen kind of a big screen uh -huh. uh, which is like kind of painted of a forest and we're behind that screen and people can't see us 
and then our hands are up and in our hands let's say one finger would two fingers would be in their person's head one uh, my thumb would be on their left hand and my um whatever the finger is next to my, my is it the ring finger yeah the ring yes. finger is in the other hand and then uh, yeah on the other person's hand so we would kind of create uh, little red riding hood kind of fairy tales uh, kid stories so we used to actually get paid to go to uh, people's houses for birthday parties. And I used to do that quite a lot. That was my little pocket money, which was quite funny. So you were known as the puppet guy. Yeah, we, our company's called Star Puppets. Just quite funny. Do you have any favorite, um, like, puppet films, you know? That you, did you ever watch any of those at all? Puppet films? Yeah. Well, as in the Muppets? Not just the Muppets, like there are a few No, others. I stayed away from that. I have no, no puppet films I like. Yeah. Which is interesting. It is interesting, yeah. Because um, what, if anything, you think it would be the other way around. Like you, yeah, you'd be really well, into them because it's yeah. something you related to. But well, when I, when I grew up with no TV. I still don't have a TV. That's why you've got a good imagination. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I went to uh, Michael Hall, which is in Forest Row. You know, encouraged not to look at a screen, um, which I get. Some people don't get it. But that's totally fine. But so it's like you rebelling now. I don't know. It's weird. People say that. <laughs> I know. A lot of people said, hey, you know, that's your industry now and that's what you do and make a living from. But I, I don't know. I just see it as I don't see it as not being able to watch a film. I just see it as an opportunity to create your own personal point of view, your own yeah. your own take on life. Because imagine if 5,000 kids watch religiously Scooby-Doo from age two up. Their chances are going to have a pretty... I don't want to say this in a horrible way, but... You're just describing my childhood right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, well, that's the trouble with TV. You're, you're, when I'm going to... Uh, uh, okay, I'm going to say it. Disney. Okay. I know. I love Disney. And I get it. And Where I've are we going watched here? many. But a lot of Disney... Um, I know I'm kind of going off balance or off, off topic, but it's to do with imagination. Um, Disney's... I wouldn't say slogan, but a lot of things they say when uh, you see a trailer of a lovely Disney movie. They kind of say, you know, let your imagination... I can't even remember what they say. Something about, you know, um, let your imagination take be free or this film is... Carry is, away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or this film's great for kids. It really opens their imagination. It's got nothing to do with that uh, imagination. You're just in taking something that someone clever has created on screen. You're just staring at a screen. Imagination's got nothing to do with it. The imagination comes from the people who made that product. I was literally about to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's what annoys me so much, even mm. to this day. <clears throat> I get it, it's a selling point, and it's, it's literally it's just a selling point, but the kid is literally just watching stuff that's made for them. The kid's imagination isn't going wild. They're staring at a mm. bleeding screen. I think that, you know? that kind of uh, message is really for the parents. Yeah. yeah it's for the parents, because they're like, oh. You know, maybe maybe I, should, probably, yeah. maybe I should show my uh, yeah. my kind of you know my uh, toddler this movie because then they'll yeah. have a great imagination when they grow up. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't really work like that. No. Um, oh, and also what annoys me, yeah. and I do apologise if if you're listening and you do this, never ever put your kid in front of a TV. Oh, when I mean kid, I mean like baby or, or toddler. You know. I don't think it's it's a, a good thing to do, but we'll get into that another time. It's not very good for like you know, bonding with your kid. Well, you're not bonding with your child. That's just laziness. I don't care what, what the person's opinion is. If they're busy or whatever, do something else. Go for a walk. Yeah. What annoys me is um, when when parents on trains, and um, you know, you go. If I'm going to London for meetings or jobs, 
uh, before coronavirus, obviously, and also people on the train and almost always packed if you're going to London or coming back from London. And there's sometimes kids there. And, and, and the, the thing I kind of hate is the horrible parents where the, the father's on the phone mm. doing whatever, texting away, and the, and the mother and is on also on her phone and then the child is either staring at the parents wanting attention and the parents are like shut up uh, I'm on my phone or no don't think or they get, or the child has their iPad and plays whatever you know uh, that's, that's not a good thing but yeah that's that's like the world we live in now isn't it it's the world we live in so, and it's if you do that shame on you it's kind of funny because we were talking about was it the, yeah it was the last podcast that we did we were talking about is it, that's one like we're talking about um, relationships to things. Yeah, and and that's it's, again goes back to that. Yeah, um, you know, take your f- head away from you know the game uh, on the on the on the iPad or the phone. Yeah, um, you know, kind of connect with the physical yeah. world a little more, and you know, maybe have a conversation with somebody on the train. I mean, or. <laughs> I mean, I'm not like talk, telling you to do that by the way I'm just saying like no you know, I get it if you actually physical interactions are so much better than clicking away on a phone yeah yeah some of my best like you know um, best feelings and memories because I still remember certain things that mm. happened spontaneously um, you know have been have been like oh I'm you know getting the train back from uh, college or something and I've been I've been writing about, you know, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, and then I, I'm reading the book when I'm at the platform, and I get, you know, I remember, and I got on the train, and this guy who was just who just happened to sit next to me knew all about the book, so wow. then we we had a you know a good reason to sort of just talk about things and yeah. and learn a little bit about each other, and that's, that's yeah, yeah, and I think that's. Uh, that's great as an adult to also take away, but also I think it starts from when you're very young. You're whatever your parents have let you do, mm. where, whether if you're a toddler or a child or kind of a teenager, that is a habit, and those habits you don't question because that's what you yeah, do at home. And yeah. you, you see your family doing it, then it's normal. Yeah, yeah, that's the new normal. So I think you know, creativity starts off with the development. Of your own, I'm going really deep here, Jesus. <laughs> I think creativity starts from a young age, but the child has to develop it themselves. Not whacking them in the front of a TV is not going to no. um, create their personal, unique point of view. Mm-hmm. You're just going to imprint what creators have wanted the kids to think, you know. But this is a huge subject we can yeah, dive we, in. I'm kind of, we can I'm talk about this very because even heavily, when you're even when you're talking, I'm I'm still thinking about okay, well, where was I when I was a kid? Oh, well, I, I lived in the middle of nowhere. I was surrounded by farms and fields, yeah. and oh, wow. and it was like literally I lived a, like I don't know it must have been like two three miles from the nearest sub- suburban area. Yeah. So all of the kids that were friends were living so closely integrated together, yeah. and I just lived so far from that. And and so okay, well what have I got? What can I do? I can't go and hang out with those guys. I'm gonna make up my world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's that's kind of I, I that's think that's lovely. That's how how it began. You're pretty much, you know, the same, I guess, in terms of, you know, you didn't watch, you didn't watch anything. You weren't watching, uh, you know, TV shows. You weren't watching films. So you were having to create a world. But do you know what's hilarious? If I go around to a friend's house, or someone would come here. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the people who didn't go to my school, who went to another school and were somehow were friends. Um, 
they'll come round or I'll go to theirs and you know, it's almost normal for everyone to have a TV. And uh, almost the question was like the same question. I'm like, Raf, you haven't got a TV? Yeah, I don't. But what do you do? Uh, I could write a list for you, but you know, there's a lot mm. of things. I, I play with my toys or read a book or you know, do something. Yeah. And people uh, back then, and I'm sure still do now, and probably are thinking of this when they're listening to us right now. Whoa, he didn't have a TV when he was growing up. What did he do? Well, my brains weren't being fried. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's just. Um, I have an really interesting question now. Oh God! What? Have you even finished? Oh, no, yeah, go, for, yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, so you weren't you weren't watching, you know, TV and you weren't watching movies based on that school that you went to, right? Yeah. They kind of taught against that. Well, um, they didn't approve of it. I should well, say. not really approve it. I think it's encouraging the child's own creativity. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of you know it's not the best thing to do, but yeah. Um, so, okay, what was your earliest memory of going to a cinema? And what was the film? I actually remember this very well. And I remember the... Well, okay, there's two different things. Sorry, yeah, there's two different things. There's... I remember... There's two... Sorry, it's two different answers. If we're talking about a film, as in a movie feature film, you know, an hour and a half film, I know exactly what that was. But that was the second time I went to the cinema. The first time I went to the cinema was... I think my parents wanted to introduce me to cinema in the kind of the lightest possible way. I don't remember how old I was, you know, but we went to the BFI IMAX in London. The IMAX? I know, right? <laughs> that was, I think... Like, that, let, 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 you know, this will be, be light. This will be fine. No, no, but it was. I'll explain why. It wasn't a film, though. It was like a 20-minute, like a... I don't think they do this now, but many years ago they used to. It was quite cool. Imagine a David Attenborough. Uh, documentary, you know, nature, okay, yeah. but it was actually National Geographic style. Yeah, okay. but it was actually a, it was either was a fifteen or twenty minute small filmy thing, yeah. basically of nice music and this kind of okay narration. Uh, probably wasn't David Attenborough, or someone else, but you, it was, I think it was three D, where, where it was it was the IMAX. So imagine a huge screen, so it literally it, it felt like you were in a, an aquarium because this was an I think an underwater. See, and you see a shark almost like swim towards you, and if you know, feel like it was going at you. So, I think that so was no, my I'm first. Just thinking of Back to the Future. <laughs> so, so that was my first cinematic experience in a, in, a, in a cinema. But it was quite cool. That was it was an IMAX. I mean. like it. But then I think the first we'll introduce him to 3D <laughs> cinema. Uh, yeah, I wasn't that young, by the way. You know, I was, this will freak know. the hell out of him. Like, it, it was amazing, actually. Uh, we did go to a couple of those, but I remember the first film. I saw, which actually was in Brazil. Uh, for those of you who might not be, who might not know who are listening, I'm half Brazilian. My mum's from Rio, uh, and my dad's from the UK. And um, there was a place called Buzios in Rio de Janeiro, uh, where my mum used to live, and we go there regularly on holidays. And um, there's a local cinema mm. where, in fact, I think Woody Allen went a few times. There's, like a, there's the Woody Allen statue outside. That's just cool. Are you, are you actually kidding? I'm, not, I'm deadly serious now. I'm not joking. I've got photos I can probably find on my computer to show you. Wow. I'm serious. But this cinema is, imagine, um, it's a very small, independently run cinema. It's not a big chain like Cineworld or Odeon. It's a very, I wouldn't say family Humble. Run. It's a humble there cinema. There we go. Humble cinema with a nice small restaurant and bar outside. Very chilled, very relaxed. Nothing fancy. But we went in there for the first, uh, yeah, anyway, my first movie which I saw in a cinema, like full-length movie, was Wally. Wally. Yeah. Oh, I, do you know I've um, I've never seen that. 
I've never seen that it's one. It's the last movie. It's a, it's a Disney Pixar, I think. Yeah. It, the, I don't know. I, I saw the, you know, I saw the creature. What was it like? A little robot character. Yes. Yeah, a r- r- I'm sorry, character. man. I, I grew up with. I, sh- I grew up with like <laughs> Short Circuit and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I just saw Short Circuit. Really, it was like, oh, they're just ripping off Short Circuit now. Aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not really. Good. I don't know. I didn't want to see that portrayed in like a, ver- you know, uh, computer generated realm, as it were. I wanted to just. I'm sure it's great though. A lot of people seem to like that sort of stuff. Yes. I'm not trying to no, put it down good. on Wally. I'm just saying. No, but, well, it wasn't. You know, it wasn't a film. Where it went, whoa, it's amazing. You know, it was cool. It was great. Great. But you saw another one, didn't you, with a with a pirate and a. Did I? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, yeah, it was an underwater film, wasn't it? With a song. What? Do you remember? No. Did you, I? You gave. You almost gave me like a full rendition of it the other day. Oh, oh, SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's TV. That's TV, though. Yeah. Yeah, in in, in Portuguese. No, so I think um, you know. So Wally. That Wally. was the first thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> if we go all the way back to the original question, which I'll quickly summarise. Basically, I like the idea of storytelling. And my parents and I basically did sh- perform stories for kids, you know, from when I was seven years old mm. to 18. And that's a long time. And, I, you know, sometimes it gets boring, but then you create a way to make it fun and interesting, you know. Mm. And um, we did it many times every year. And I think when you do something again and again and again, you realise how stories are created and how you get certain emotions out of people. By manipulating them in the nicest possible way. Hey, you're the conductor. Yeah, well, that's true, actually. You're, you're conducting people's feelings. Yeah. And the more, that's a good way of putting it, the more times you do it, the more you know what you're doing. You get savvy. Comes, yeah. you, there we go, you get savvy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where the, st- the passion of story came for me. Yeah. And then um, might be similar to you, you know, doing animation, stop motion on, on, on the family camera. At Swearing home. at the Lego. Yeah, yeah. Oh, play, it was Playmobil for me. I had, I, had I think I had both when I was a kid. Yeah, or I like my brother had something like Playmobil. And I would just steal all this. <laughs> and um, what was the other one? Uh, Meccano. Okay. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I miss that actually. I miss, yeah. Yeah, I miss Meccano. Those toys. <laughs> toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, well, anyway, so that was it. Basically, you know. I, I would love, uh, the, you know, friends of mine kind of got together to do re- really bad films, but we attempted to do kind of cool stuff together, and mm. and then I remember. Oh I'm no, like, you showed me one. Did I? Oh, uh, maybe. You showed me one for uh, was it for a festival? Yeah. It's like a short film for a festival. That was for yeah. That was that was a while ago. But yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> but no, that, yeah, that was called Dream uh, for My Road Reel. So, you, you know, you just did it. Like the fact that you just did it, and and I, to be fair, I was I was yeah. sitting there watching it. I'm like, well, I used to watch some of the daytime TV, um, and you know that kind of reminded me of that actually. You know, daytime TV. It reminded me of yeah, like they show certain shows that you know like Brum. Okay, right. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. About the little car that was kind of self-aware and it like had a little, you know, it would drive around. You don't know that one. No, I don't. And there was. Uh, it sounds terrible. Hang on a sec, you're comparing, incredible. You're, you're, he, com- you're comparing my masterpiece to your garbage, is that what it is? 
Yeah, but there was an audience for that garbage. That's what I'm saying. Hey. It could have been an audience. Oh, for I you. see. No, no, yeah. that's, that's a good point. Um, yeah. But like you know, you see like certain British daytime, you know, TV stuff, and it's like, well, you know, what you were showing me, I was like, I could, I could have seen that during the day on a on a channel. You know, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Oh, thank you very bad. much. No, yeah, it's um, well, you know, doing. I think playing around with your friends. Uh, creating and learning is the best way possible. Yeah, because it doesn't really matter, like when you look back at it, it's, it's like a diary entry. It doesn't really matter if somebody else like me thinks yeah. that that's a piece of shit, because actually it's all about what it means to you. Yeah. And, and what you got from it, you learn your, you learn a bit more about your craft, and you you might have learned more about editing doing it. You might have learned a bit about lighting doing it, or script writing, or directing actors, something, but you would have got something out of it. And I, I'm sitting there going, oh, you know, this isn't so great. It doesn't matter what I, what I think. It doesn't no. matter at all. It kind of does, though. At the end of the well, day. Do you want me to stroke your ego? That's, <laughs> it's just about stroking the ego, then... <laughs> that's another story. That's another story. Um, yeah, so literally, you know, messing around with the family camera and creating cool stuff. And then and I was at school, did lots of... Uh, I think we did similar things. I was a theatre technician. I think so we did. You. Yeah. Well, do you know? What? And again, like we haven't spoken about that. Yeah. Do you know what? The next, the next. This is this is a, an extra beautiful long podcast for the listener. We're going to go and talk about this. We're going to talk about the wonderful subjects of me in the next podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and give a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. And hey, this has been a great third podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Peace out. That was Film Fellowship, the podcast that will change your perspective on cinema. Hosted by Raphael Moran and Thomas Walters. Brought to you by Moran Audio. To get in touch with us, please go to raphaelmoran.co.uk forward slash contact. Please share this podcast with your family and friends. Come again to hear another episode of Film Fellowship.